0: Well, welcome everybody. This is Maranatha Remnant Ministries. We just uh, finished with worship uh, by Paul Wilbur, called um, Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. And also, you are holy by Jesus' image. So thank you, everyone that's attending on Zoom, everyone that's attending here. Yeah, please sit right here. You can sit right here. And then thank you for everyone that's listening on uh, Instagram. Um, God bless you. Um, You guys are in for a treat. Uh, God really is... uh, He's so faithful, and it, it, it's just amazing how if we obey God in the little things, we'll see more of His glory, we'll see more of His nature, we'll see more of His character. So um, before we like, jump into today's uh, study, does anyone have any testimonies or anything they would like to share that God's done for them this past week? Anyone in particular? Anybody? Yeah. Can you um?
1: (coughs) (coughs) So dear friend of uh, the family, um, Tyrone and DeWanna Chappelle, they have three sons. And so uh, practically their sons have grown up with mine. And of course, um, Tyson, he's the youngest one. He's 17. He was involved in a uh, horrible car accident, Mm. in which he had to have uh, surgery. He suffered a broken femur and a broken hand. That's painful. Um, If you were to see the car, you would say, how can anybody have survived Mm. that? Mm. But to uh, God be glory, he uh, went through surgery while he's back at home.
0: Glory to God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're praying for him. Yeah. So, so, is he is he still recovering in the recovery Oh, yeah, he's process? at
1: home. He's recovering. He's got a nice little long, long road ahead of him. Yeah. And so uh my wife is there in Illinois, you know, for the week cuz uh, there's some cousins having graduation, so Yeah. She's going to um try and get over there and, you know, see him and everything, but uh
0: yeah. Glory to God. That's yeah, he's amazing. Got a great future ahead of Cuz he could have lost his life. Yeah. Yeah. And by the mercy of God, he's still with us. So, glory to God. That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Does anyone else have any testimonies or anything they would like to share? I mean, this is a small testimony, but I think it's it's worth giving God the glory. Um, so, I bought so when I got this house, I bought all new appliances, right? Like a new fridge, new microwave, new oven and new dishwasher so you know it's under warranty for a year and we've been here for six months but I noticed like a few days ago like my fridge the temperature was off even though it says like it's you know a certain um it says like a certain um temp but doesn't mean that it's actually producing like how cold it needs to be because I was touching like the condiments and our food and stuff and it felt Like, it felt warm. It didn't feel to the point where everything went bad, but I knew that it was like something was off. Then also, I noticed, like, in my freezer, like, the ice packs that we have were, like, slushy. They weren't even frozen solid. So, you know, I was kind of worried about it, making sure I'm like, man, is it under warranty? Like, you know, know, I don't want to pay all that money, especially when I paid thousands of dollars. But anyways, so part of me was, like, Wednesday, I'm like, okay, I'm going to schedule for a maintenance guy to come in, you know? I had a feeling, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to pray over my fridge. Mm-hmm. And I literally said, Satan, get your hands off my fridge. Fridge work in Jesus' name. And now it's like working, and it's even colder now. So the the actually, the ice pack that was slushy is now frozen solid. So wow. glory to God. I know, that's weird. But he, you're in covenant with God, and the thing is, what belongs to you belongs to God, yeah. right? And then he's the one that's giving you this stuff, so glory to God. Anyways, um, also um, Chelsea mentioned in the chat about Vanessa. What was really cool about Vanessa is, so Vanessa is um, Chelsea's niece or cousin, cousin, little cousin. She's 13 years old and, you know, Chelsea's been planting seed with her and trying to disciple her and you know, she's been asking, she's so hungry for God, and she's just been asking, like, a million questions and one, right, like, what does this mean, and what does that mean, what's necromancy, what's divination, I'm like, (laughs) this is what this means, that's what that means, you know, and um, so anyways, um, we we took her to church uh, this Sunday, and uh, she gave her life to Jesus, So it was amazing. So glory to God. Yeah, she totally cried and all that stuff. And uh, it was just amazing how God really touched her. She felt, she felt, what's that called? Um, Yeah, she was slain in the spirit for the first time. She's like, I don't even know what happened. She's like, I just ended up on the ground. And I said, what it feels like is like the Holy Spirit kind of like almost feels like it like goes through you and like, you know, you go down. But anyways, um, so that was super cool. I was able to pray for a guy there as well that I felt had a call in his life to be an evangelist, and and he fell out, and it was it was awesome. So it was cool, like, when we can just be a part of the church and, and be a part of the body of Christ. But anyways... I want to share with Yeah, go for it.
2: Okay, yeah, so our church, our, our prophetess, she... Um, she had a word for me and she said, You know, ask the Lord anything you want. And I asked him about these two real important things. And, and they came to pass like, so she prayed, she prophesied over me on Sunday and they came to pass Tuesday and then again this week, yesterday. So it's just amazing how, you know, the Lord, you know, like Christian was saying, the Lord cares about. The things that matter to us yeah, you know and absolutely. and again it says seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and he'll add all these things into you like yeah. well, if we're about the kingdom and the king he'll add all this stuff to us Amen. that you know he knows he knows what our needs and our wants are yeah. but if we just stay focused on him you know i just want to encourage you yeah. and then what prompted me right now is i too had a printer at my work and the IT like one of the best IT said yeah your printer doesn't work just salvage it and I prayed for it and it worked for the next like five six years and I told him wow. that <laughs> and he's like oh okay that's so funny. <laughs> but yeah again just pray for things before yeah. you toss them and there's power, and in, prayer. There's power in prayer so yeah. just want to encourage yeah. you guys
0: thank you that's amazing yeah so um we're definitely going to be talking about um, about first seeking the kingdom of God, but we're going to talk about obedience. And not a lot of uh, people like to preach that on the pulpit. So today's title is Obedience to Enter into the Flow of the Holy Spirit. Obedience to Enter into the Flow of the Holy Spirit. So whoever's taking notes, whoever, that's the title. But before we um, jump in, um, we need to pray. Um, Ernesto, do you mind praying for us?
3: No, I don't mind at all, brother.
0: Okay, cool. If you want to pray for us to go in, I'd appreciate it.
3: Okay, I'll try my best.
0: All right, just be led by the Holy Spirit. That's all I can ask. All right.
3: Dear Heavenly Father, yes, I want to thank you for allowing us for all for everybody who's here present tonight to be here tonight and yes, to be filled with your graceness tonight and to be able to hear the word from our brother Christian tonight and yes, to be filled with your love and with your presence and allow yes. us to just carry you and carry your 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 fruits and yes, just Lord. carry you in every room that we that we walk into. Just yes, make us feel confident in ourselves and make us feel. Make us feel your love, God, and just make us feel like no matter what we go through in life, anything is possible with your graciousness and your righteousness. Yes, Lord. Dear Father, I just I just hope that you can give me the words to continue this prayer, God, and just allow any demons that try to distract me from continuing this prayer to just leave, leave yes. God. I ask any negativity Jesus that's Lord. trying to enter me right now in this moment to just leave, God. Any insecurity, any... Yes. Any doubt, any self-doubt that I have, God, yes. I ask you to just leave, God, and yes, I ask Lord. you to just continue to fill me with, with confidence, Yes. And Lord. what I need, so God, to just continue to seek you, God, and yes. just get rid of this fear, God, this, this yes. fear of self-doubt, this fear of self-anxiousness, yes. insecurities, God, I ask that you just continue to leave fill me now. with your holiness and your, with your love, God, and anybody else who is struggling with the same yes, thing, God, Lord. I ask that you just... Allow them to step out in faith and trust in you, God. I ask that you you allow them to just not feel any sort of insecurity, any self-doubt, anything that just hinges them from just stepping out on faith, God. Yes, Lord. Thank 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 you, you dear Lord.
0: In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, brother. That was amazing. Thank you so much. That was good. That was good. I'm sorry. No, you're good. That was good no it's perfect yeah that spirit of fear has to go self-doubt anything because a lot of people you know deal with that stuff and it's just the enemy trying to say you're not good enough or you're not worthy enough but it was amazing so thank you for praying for us Ernesto I appreciate that so going to our our teaching today is um I keep hitting this mic off for some reason it doesn't want to (laughs) it huh what'd you say I don't know what she said, but anyways. (laughs) Um, Anyways, we're going to go to what we're talking about today. And um, I have a lot of revelation that God's given me, so I will give to you. But we're going to start on, uh, excuse me, we're going to start today's chapter in Philippians chapter 2. So if you guys want to turn to Philippians chapter 2, that's where we're going to be reading. And then we're going to jump, you know, from New Testament Old Testament and just give you uh, some of the revelation um, that God has shared with me. So I'm going to read from the top, first verse. It says unity through humility. Now therefore there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy By being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. Being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So I'm going to pause right there. Do you see how it started off with the chapter about how you're supposed to be? And if you're this way, you're able to be obedient to God all the way to death. And this is what the Lord told me, if you guys want to write this down. The Lord told me, do not compromise what the word of the Lord spoke to you to obtain the favor of man. The Lord told me not to compromise the word that he has spoken to you for you to obtain the favor with with man. What does that mean, Christian? That means whatever God told you to do from the beginning, you do that without compromise. You do that without twisting. You do that with just saying, God, I'm going to follow you and what you told me to do for this season, for this hour, for this moment. Because we can tend to change what the word of God has spoken to us that we might obtain favor with man. What does that mean? Like, you know what? Well, the people don't want to hear about repentance. So I'm going to just talk about the blessings of God so that I can get a bigger following. So I can have more people tune in and make it a self-help, me-centered, than actually Christ-centered. Because Christ-centered obeyed all the way to death. He came as a bondservant. Equal to God. Didn't consider it robbery. But died humbled to the point of death on a cross. Humiliated. Right? Right? The thing is, there's instances, there's instances where people have told me, Christian, do this. This is more convenient. But God told me otherwise to do this. Christian, it's actually cheaper to do it this way. God said do it this way. Christian, borrow it, than buy it. No, God told me to buy it. And that's what I want to tell you is that whatever God has told you to do, don't try to twist it to make it convenient for what you want and how you can get it done or it might sound good, it might sound good to you. That's why a lot of Christians don't go any further with God because they don't obey Him exactly the orders that He gave you. 100%. I, I could, we, if, if, the, if the body of Christ could just obey the simplicity of His command, they'd be further off. Right? So... I also want to talk about how it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Yes. And became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. So think about this. He is God in the flesh. And no one else can see that. Like, no one can see the call in your life, but God knows who you are. He says, He's called you and He knows you by name. And if you can know your identity through the cross, through the authority that God's given you, you won't sacrifice your identity to pick up another one, such as your marriage. This is who I am, your career. This is who I am. This is how I am at work. This is how I am at the gym. But actually be the identity that Christ has given you. Right? Because it's, it's going to look normal to people. But really, there's deeper calling. You have the Holy Ghost in you, dwelling in you, breathing in you, using you, filling you, anointing you, interceding for you. Right? There's so much more to then just, just you. There's a deeper person in you, in you, in you, in you, because you have the Holy Spirit. You know, because you can tend to think, well, I'm just flesh, like I'm I'm, I'm just dust. Like I even, I picked up dirt today, and I'm like, Lord, I'm just dust. Mm -hmm. How am I valuable to you? I pick up a rock, isn't this, like this rock is beautiful, you know? And the Lord's like, you're more valuable than that to me. Mm -hmm. Because why we're more valuable is because we have the Spirit of God In us, that's what makes us valuable. That's what actually makes us His, because the Spirit, the stamp, His mark, His name is written on our foreheads. So I got kind of carried off there, but I think it's gonna we're gonna be good. We're gonna keep going. So when so we're gonna start off in verse nine. So now Jesus has been obedient to death, even to the cross. Now it says therefore verse nine. Therefore God has also highly exalted him. There is no great move of God that came with an act of obedience to enter into a supernatural flow of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. Every great move of God came with an act of obedience to enter into the supernatural natural flow of the Holy Spirit, right? Because think about this. If Jesus never died, we would all be going to hell. But because Jesus died, then resurrected on the third day, Holy Spirit brought him back. That's a supernatural move. No one prayed for you to resurrect. Holy Spirit brought him back because death couldn't hold him. He defeated sin, death, and the grave. Took the keys away from Satan, from hell. And death. And all that he possessed. Besides, you know, the nations of the world. But then, after that, God exalted him. So if you're waiting to be exalted, maybe you should first be obedient to what he's called you to do. Now, I can, I, I'm speaking on for, for myself. There's been plenty of times where I want to quit. There's plenty of times I don't want to... Um, you know, uh, do this or do that. I mean, I was even asking, I was, I was even questioning with the Lord today about certain things. But the Lord said, do you, but you have obtained favor in my sight. And I said, why, Lord? He said, because you obey me. You obey me. And I'll give you scripture why. So if you really want to obtain true favor with God, it first comes with obedience. If Jesus never obeyed his father, we would not have the sacrifice that we have today. It would have been another fail on humanity, right, Mm -hmm. to live this perfect life. See, Jesus had to strip his glory Mm -hmm. and his divinity and his deity to come upon the earth as a man, then filled with the Holy Ghost, right? Mm -hmm. Think about that, um... The Lord was mentioning to me about that, was that, um, I guess we're jumping in there already. But it was Matthew chapter 3, verse 15 and 17. You can write that down, but I'm just going to go to it real quick so I can read it to you. Because I wrote down what I was going to say, but Holy Spirit is now moving it in different ways to make it all flow. Matthew 3, what? Matthew chapter 3, verse 15 and 17. Matthew chapter 3 verse 15 and 17, and it says, but Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Do you see how Jesus had to get in discussion with John the Baptist to baptize him? Because John the Baptist is like, I'm not worthy to even carry your sandals, dude. And Jesus is like, we have to obey the Father, to fulfill righteousness. For it to come to pass. Do you understand that? Like, we just think that the stuff that we don't do doesn't matter. Our disobedience alters our destiny. This is what the Lord, yeah, this is what the Lord said right here. <clears throat> Man, the Lord's just having me jump. Um, Thank you, Lord, for your word. Hmm. Disobedience will alter you into a different destiny that God hasn't planned for you. Okay, um, Lord, where is that that I wrote down? Because I wrote it down. I'm just trying to figure it's
2: out. Kind of like you do your will in a. Yes, right. yes. And like you said, it's a different course now. Yes,
0: yeah. It's something you said of Yeah. So, yeah, so disobedience will lead you into a different destiny. And <clears throat> obedience executes the order of God's plan to be fulfilled. So you either choose disobedience, what alters your destiny... Or you choose obedience, which executes the order of God's plan to be fulfilled. Because you could do this, right? Um, I mean, I've been in a situation where, God, why do I have to do it this way, this way, this way? Why can't I do it this way, hop here, do it this way, to do it this way and this way? Because it's closer. Why do I need to drive to here, here, and here? When God's like, no, I want you to drive here, go here, go here, and go there. That makes no sense. But to the spirit of God, it makes perfect sense, and that's the order that he gave us in. See, with the kingdom of God, it's all it's all it's all moved in order. There's nothing out of order in the kingdom. Everything is in order. There's a hierarchy. There's certain tasks that are given and there's certain commands that God gives you to fulfill his plan. Like for instance, like god told me to buy a generator he didn't tell me to borrow it he didn't tell me to get one on offer up or bargain with someone in the yard sale. he said i want you to buy it and i had so much opposition and so much backlash and retaliation but when i did it it worked and it was perfect and what i want to share with you this is good do you still be uh, a lot of christians are facing spiritual warfare Not because they're in the will of God. It's because they're out of the will of God. So when I hear people, oh my gosh, Satan's been attacking me and this and that. You're not getting persecuted, most likely, because you're preaching the gospel and you're going to city to city and you're just doing the will of God. Most likely, um, you're disobedient in some area of your life where you're facing spiritual warfare. So if you want to like, if you want to get to a place where you don't have to pray all night for spiritual warfare to get off you, maybe disobey God and give uh, that gift to your neighbor that you're supposed to do three months ago. Or make that phone call to your friend two weeks ago that God told you to do. But see, the thing is, is that, that's good, Lord. The thing is, is that you cannot procrastinate when God gives you an order. Imagine if the angels of God would procrastinate to come to your aid and say, Lord, well, I got to something else. I got to help uh, Archangel Michael fight some demons over here. No, 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 no. He said, go relay the message to Daniel. Right? And then that changed the whole nation. Think about that. That whole nation of Babylon turned to the Lord and not to their false idols. <clears throat> Disobedience will cause premature plans that God has for you to not fully develop into the actual purpose and call God has given you. I'm going to say that again. Disobedience will cause a premature plan that God has for you to not fully develop into the actual purpose and call God has given you. Let me say, for instance, when God told you to stay place and you moved. Mm-hmm. When God says, I don't want you to rush into a building, I want you to do what you're doing in the living room, but I go try to get a lease and get a loan when God hasn't said so. That's maybe what I want, but that's not what He wants for me right now. And that's why your carnality will get you in trouble. And if you're led by the Spirit of God, see, that says that there's no condemnation, there's no condemning those who are in Christ Jesus that what? Walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. There's a reason why He said that. A lot of people just say, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then they walk carnally all day with disobedience, saying, God bless me, here I am. Because they, like, <laughs> it's really, and uh, I don't know if, if you heard, but I was saying that disobedience detours you from your destiny with God. Disobedience detours you from your destiny with God. And I said a lot of Christians, just recapping, because my wife came, I said a lot of Christians deal with spiritual warfare not because they're in the will of God, because they're out of the will of God. That they, that they deal with those things. Okay, finishing <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, verse, um, <clears throat> what did I say? Uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 15 and 17, sorry. Where it says, Jesus had to tell John the Baptist, you need to baptize me. If not, Permit it to be so now, not later, right now, so that we can fulfill and its fitting of righteousness. Then he allowed him, and then it says, when he had been baptized, verse 16, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting upon him. And suddenly the voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's how you obtain the favor with the Lord. When you walk in the order and the obedience of what God has told you to do. And guess what? I looked further into this because I'm like, what does it mean when the spirit of God rested upon Jesus? Because we have that same spirit that's resting upon us. And this is what it says in the in the uh, in the Greek, yeah, I wrote it down because I knew I was going to lose it. But it's so the word is, or I think it's either Greek or Hebrew, but it's called unak, n u. Apostrophe, a c h, unak. And unak means to give rest, to dwell peacefully. To be still and settle down. N U dash apostrophe A C H, Unak. And this is what it says Unak is the verb that describes the Spirit of God resting upon the Messiah. <laughs> I thought the Holy Ghost on me. It is to dwell peacefully, to be still, to settle down. Have you noticed there's so many people that have no peace? Probably because they didn't obey God, and the spirit of God's not resting on them. Or even when God has given you an order, you obey, then you get that settling of your spirit, the peace, and then you're still for the next for the next order. So, so unak means to dwell. Peacefully, to give rest, to be still, and to settle down. Think about that. Your spirits always jump in, like your 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 soul is constantly is this thinking a mile a minute, and then the spirit of God settles it down because you obey the order of the Lord.
1: So it so was the spirit of God resting upon what?
0: Resting upon the Messiah, the Messiah, the Yeshua Hamashiach. So think about that. That same spirit can rest upon you but it comes with obedience and order. Thank you, Lord. Okay. We're going to go back to Philippians chapter 2. But I love that Jesus knew how the Father works. He says, I can't baptize myself. There's no one else to baptize me but you. You're a prophet. You're the one that God's appointed and even, see, John the Baptist didn't want to, but he obeyed God and he says, okay, let's do it. Let's fulfill righteousness. And then the Spirit of God came upon him. And then the re- heavens ripped open. And then God the Father, imagine hearing him say that. Well done. Or what do, you, what do you say? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then guess right after. Jesus has to go fast for 40 days, 40 nights, and get tempted by Satan. Through an act of obedience. It says the Spirit led him into the wilderness. Led him to the wilderness. Okay, Philippians chapter 2. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. We're, we're covering a lot of things. Jumping back and forth, jumping back and forth. Um, thank <laughs> you, Lord. So think about that. Let's go... Let's go back to Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Therefore God has highly exalted him, given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and what every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus would never have had that name that's above every other name if he never obeyed and went to the cross. And the thing is, God will will lead you, and He'll give you mercy, and He'll give you grace to obey Him. But for you to obey God, you must first hear His voice. And those who are gods know His voice. So if you're having trouble hearing his voice, I encourage you to go to that secret place. Get quiet, be still, let the spirit of God rest on you. Let that dwelling of peacefulness rest upon you. And you will start getting the orders from God. That's what I do. I have to get quiet and he says, God will say, he said, do it this way, this way, this way, this way. Don't have this person, this one, this one, this one not. And then I want you not to say this, 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 but I want you to say this, this, this. And if I do it out of disobedience, I will feel the anointing kind of leave. Not saying it's permanently gone, but it will not be as strong. It won't be as tangible like I've felt it all the time. But if I'm in disobedience, I'm quick to repent. I'm quick to turn because we need God's mercy, especially obeying even simple orders that we think don't matter. Yes.
2: I just wanted to add like if you pray and you don't hear anything and you you keep praying praying you don't hear an answer from the Lord just go back to the last thing he told you to do and obey that and do that and once this happened to me about two times. And yeah. when I did that, I was like, okay, I felt the rest, the peace, the release. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so just maybe if you're not hearing, you know, just go back to the last thing he told you to do and yeah. obey and do it.
0: And also while uh, we're um, on this, before I jump into the next section, I'm going to, so I never shared with you guys and I felt like it was helpful because I shared with the brother in Christ that there is like five chapters in the Bible that changed my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I want to share with, what they are So if you want to write them down By all means you can If not um, You can And I'm going to explain why Okay <clears throat> So These five books Have changed my life Obviously you read the whole Bible The whole Bible Is going to change your life I'm just saying These five I would continuously camp on I've probably read these scriptures Not exaggerating Probably at least A hundred times each Like this Philippians chapter 2 This is one of them in Philippians chapter 2, it explains for us to represent Christ like humility. So that's Philippians chapter 2. So I read that to have humility and to have the mind of Christ. Okay? So when you want to say Philippians chapter 2, that's what you're going to learn. That's what I'm trying to say. Like It's like a, uh, I'm condensing it. Obviously, read the whole chapter. Okay, the next... Uh, book of the Bible, uh, Romans 8. And Romans 8 identifies your identity as a son and daughter to the kingdom of God. So if you want to know who you are in Christ as a son and daughter to God, read Romans 8. That will teach you. So Philippians chapter 2 will teach you to have the mind of Christ and to have humility like Christ. Romans 8 will identify as you as now a son and daughter to the kingdom of God. Okay? The next one. Colossians chapter 3 exemplifies our new nature in Christ. So Colossians 3 tells you how to be the new person that you are in Jesus, man or woman. Colossians chapter 3 and then the last two Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, excuse me, Galatians chapter 5 reflects the byproduct of you walking in the Spirit and also having the liberty in Christ. So Galatians chapter five teaches you how to walk in the fruits of the Spirit and also in the liberty of the Holy Ghost, the freedom that you have through the Holy Spirit. Um, maybe we can write these on the chat. Just let me know if you guys didn't hear it. We can I can go over it. And the last one is, um, is Ephesians chapter one. And this one demonstrates your authority and wisdom as a follower in Jesus Christ. You have now given authority and now you have the wisdom of God. And that's what Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, so the thing is, I camp in these books of the Bible. So when you think like, Christian, where do you get your teaching from? Or, or how do you preach a certain way? Because I camp in these chapters. Now I read the whole Bible. Like, I, I go through all of it. Wherever the Lord leads me to that day. But I notice with these five main foundational chapters that I've read a hundred times at least have changed my life. I believe they'll do the same for you. So, glory to God. Okay, with that being said... Romans 8 What's the meaning of that? Romans 8 identifies you as a son or a daughter to the Kingdom of God. So it tells you that now you have been adopted, right? That same chapter says that we cry out, Abba, Father, right? And then it talks about the sons of God revealing themselves. It talks about whoever is led by the Spirit of God, now this is a Son of God, right? And that's what we need. Because a lot of people, you, I mean, I can go to a Christian and be like, what makes you a Christian? I'm like, I go to church, okay, that doesn't make you a Christian. That is the same for me. That I go to an Italian restaurant doesn't make me Italian. You know what I mean? So, right? so the thing is, is that we really have to know who we are, and these kind of break it down and make it simple. Um, okay. So how are we looking on time? Okay, we're still good. All right. Thank you, Lord. We on this. And I also want to share this. Philippians chapter two, verse thirteen says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So you know what I say a lot of my prayers lately have been, I say, Father, I know that you're doing a mighty work in me. I know for your will and his good pleasure, help me to obey you because that's part of your will, in Jesus' name, amen. And notice every time I keep doing that, I've actually, I will get more of a conviction in my heart when I'm about to disobey, even if it's intentional or even if it's unknown, because I'm asking God, help me to obey you. And this is what's going to lead us to, um, it's going to be good, <laughs> it's going to lead us into Exodus, verse 33. Verse 33. Chapter 33. Now, I got to, it, so, it was so amazing about this uh, chapter. Um, I was just so, so first of all, how I, how I got this chapter, I was literally watching a short YouTube uh, reel, and it showed Moses on Mount Sinai. But it showed an animation version, like the Superbook version that kids watch. And you just see, like, the glory of God has come, the power of God has whoosh, just, whoosh, just flood Mount Sinai, and he's there. And it got in my spirit, like, why are we not encountering that? Why, why is Moses having this encounter with God and my life is not like that? And that's good because the Holy Spirit's like, why is that? What, what, what's stopping you? I even told a a brother in Christ, I said, looking at me, right, you would say I'm sold out for Jesus, right? Right? I I do ministry. I go to church. I serve at the church. I give. I preach. I go to different, uh, I preach to the nations. Then I go to cities and preach, and then I disciple people. And I remember I said to God earlier this week, I said, God, I want to I want to be 100% with you. I want to go in. I want to go into your presence. I want to go in your glory. I want to go in more intimacy with you, your power, your love upon me. I want to go all in. I'm sold out, God. I'm sold out. And guess when I said that, what, I, what appeared in the Spirit to me? It was 95% with flames. It was like on fire. The 95% was on flames. And I said, and the Lord's like, you're only 95% in I said 95% in. What are you talking about? What's the other 5% that's holding me back? Then he showed me. And then my prayer was, Father, rip that out of me that I can go 100% with you. So don't think that you're all in. Ask the Lord if you're all in. He'll let you know. (laughs) So go into Exodus chapter 33. Now, this is where God gives the command to Moses for the people. Um, not, hold on just because I'm going to jump through each one. But what I'm doing is like I'm trying to share the whole chapter with you without reading the whole chapter to you. So, just giving you a little synopsis of the first section is that Moses was given the order by God to leave Mount Sinai, right? And, he was, and he supposed, Moses is supposed to take the Israelites to the land filled with milk and honey. But this is this what God said. Exodus, 30, Exodus 30, chapter 33, verse 3. Go up to the land with flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in your midst unless I consume you on the way. For you are stiff-necked people. Do you know what that means? No. This is what God said. You can go to the land of milk and honey. I'm not going with you, because if I go with you, I'ma destroy you because you don't listen to me. Well, okay. You don't obey me. You're stiff-necked. You notice how your neck you don't turn and like curts and it's tight. No. That's what that's what the Israelites were like to the father. Well. And Moses pleaded and said, Lord, these are your people like don't kill them please. Like like don't destroy them. Don't destroy th- Imagine him destroying 3 million people. He said he could do it like this. Fix it. Fix next. You might take it in neck. So this is what I'm going to I'm going to go up to uh, Exodus verse 30 Excuse me. I don't know why I keep saying verse 33. Exodus chapter 33 verse 7. Moses meets with the Lord. So Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp. So think about this. There's all these Israelites. There's about three million Hebrew Israelites. But Moses separates himself and pitches a tent. God will separate you out of the masses that you may know him and obey him. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the Tabernacle of Meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the Tabernacle of Meeting, which was outside the camp. So there is this reverence and awe. When Moses would go to the Tabernacle of Meeting, the men would stand outside their tent and worship God. They wouldn't go near it. They would worship where they're at because Moses is going to go meet with the Lord. Now think about this. We can meet with the Lord right now. We have that access right now. But it comes with a reverence and an honor and obedience to the Father. Now I'm going to jump to verse 9 because it's amazing. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended... Think about that. So imagine like a whirlwind coming down from heaven. So when Moses is reaching that that tent, the Lord's descending upon that place. I love this. The cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. So the Lord greeted Moses in a pillar, in a pillar of cloud and greeted him like a friend. And this is what, this is the, verse 11. I'm jumping. I can't read the whole chapter for the sake of time, but this Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. As a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Do you see that? Moses had a relationship with God That Moses would go and meet the Lord face to face and speak to him as a friend. Who wants that? Who wants to speak to God that way? Because I do. I want that. I want that experience. But guess what? We get to have it now. That veil has been torn. The Holy of Holies, there's no, there's no, that's not a thing no more. The Holy of Holies is here, the Holy Ghost. And you get to enter into the courts of God, into the kingdom. You, you get to enter into the, king, the king's chambers, his secret chambers. <clears> That's what he said. Verse 12, then Moses said to the Lord, see you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Do we always, don't we always feel like, oh, God, you told us to do this, but why didn't you tell us to do all this other stuff? Why have you not filled in the details? Moses is saying the same thing. So don't think you're any different. When like, oh, God told me to go to KFC, but hasn't given me any further detail. And you're waiting. Trust me, I've done some crazy stuff. Like, I'll be at a gas station like, God, why am I here? <laughs> and the Lord will be like, wait, wait. Now go. There's the person. There you go. So, um, think about that. Even Moses was saying, Lord, you haven't told me who's going to come with me. And this is what he said. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Do you see how Moses turned yeah, that's good, the Holy Spirit. Moses turned his carnality into glorifying God, saying, yet you've called me by my name, and I have favor in your sight. Not knowing all the details, right? Because we can keep going down that rabbit hole of complaining and griping and moaning and disputing. But Moses turned it around quickly. He said, Lord, you told me to stay here, but you haven't given me any details, but you know me by my name and I have favor in your sight. So you see how he had to stir up his faith in that moment of not knowing? That's what we have to do when we're in this next season, this next transition of God's voice being spoken over us. What is the next move? You need to say, God, I thank you that you know me. I thank you that you're working all things according to my good, to the ones that love you and are called according to your purpose. I thank you, Lord God, I'm not a failure, but I'm more than a conqueror because you love me right? That's how you you have to, even Moses did that, and Moses is talking to God face to face, and he still has to stir up his face, because that's carnality. Carnality is what made Adam and Eve sin, disobedience, right? Okay, Lord, help me finish. Okay, verse 13, now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, That I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. That same rest that the Holy Spirit rested upon the Messiah, right? That same peaceful dwelling, settle down, rest, be still. Then verse verse 15 says, Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except if you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken for you have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. And he said, please show me your glory. (sighs) Moses would have never obtained this encounter with God if it wasn't if he wasn't obedient to what God told him to do as a shepherd to go back to the land of Egypt, free his people, go to a Red Sea that's not departed yet, have to obey God. The, spree- the, excuse me, the sea gets split, right? And then all this other stuff starts happening, right? The quail, million quail come, but Moses disobeyed one time, one time and he could not enter into the land of milk and honey because he hit the rock twice for the water to come out to feed all the cattle, to feed all the Israelites, all of them. And this is what I've been saying in my secret place. I said, God, I do not want to go to Yuma if your presence doesn't come with me. Because guess what? If you don't come, they're not going to know that you're real or that you're with us right? And God keeps us separated for a reason because we are his people. We are his chosen. We are his elect. We are his remnant, right? So jumping down to verse 20, chapter, Exodus chapter 3, verse 20, but he said, you cannot see my face for, the man, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me. You shall stand on the rock, so it shall be, while the glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. And then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face you shall not be seen. Think about that. Moses was up in Mount Sinai with the Lord for 40 days, 40 nights, no food, no water. He was just in the presence of God. The thing is, those Israelites didn't want to hear the voice of the Lord. They wanted to hear the voice of of Moses. Because they said, if God talks to us, we will surely die. We have lost the fear of the Lord, guys. We have lost the reverence of God to obey him even when he, when you think he's not watching you or even when you think he's not listening or he's afar off but obedience executes the order of God's plan to be fulfilled and when you obtain favor with the Lord by just simply obeying him his word he spoke for you to do first So whatever God is convicting your heart right now of where you've had disobedience and where you need to go back to the first thing that God has told you. If God is silent when you're calling, when you're asking him, you know why he is? Because he already told you to do something and you haven't done it. His presence is not there. That's why you can go into a secret place and go, God, help me, please have mercy on me. And then God's like, I told you to do this. And you're like, oh, well, I'm too busy. I don't got time for that. That's inconvenient. No, that's not going to work. Do you see? You can reason yourself out of God's plan by your lack of intellect. My children perish because of a lack of knowledge, not taking out of context, but actually not having the wisdom to obey God first. Do what He's asked you now. And there is no passage in Scripture where disobedience led you into the presence of God. There's no passage in Scripture. No one that is anyone in the Bible has ever been in the presence of God with disobedience. None. None. And this is what I want to share with you, and this is the last thing. This is uh, Psalms chapter 127, verse 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the the Lord God guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, and to eat the bread of sorrows, for He gives His beloved sleep. Now, what does that mean? If you're doing stuff out of disobedience, you're doing it in vain. But if you let God build your house, you let God watch over you, you let God give you rest, you're not doing it in vain. That's that's been one of my things I've been asking God. Lord, everything I do, don't let it be in vain because then I'm just wasting my life. I'm wasting my time that I can't get back. I have to be obedient. When God said, "Go to Yuma, May twentieth, six p.m.," I want you to be there at five to set up. That's what He said. Now gonna be like, "Well, God, we want to go to the Colorado River. Want to do some kayaking? <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe throw, yeah, maybe throw some, maybe throw some rods out. Maybe catch a couple fish." But then I'm a disobedient. <laughs> then, <Within laughs> yeah. But the thing is, if I do what he's asked me to do, his presence will come. And when his presence comes, your whole life gets changed. Right? So that's all I have for you guys today. So, um, glory to God. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. There goes your fishing. So think about this, is that, if you want God to talk to you face-to-face as a friend like he did to Moses, we have to obey what he's called us to do. Let's not grow weary when doing good. Let's not think that we're doing this in vain. Because if God told you to do it, by all means. And a lot of what I do when I disciple people, I'm, I'm talking to them off the cliff, off the edge. Like, did God tell you to go move there? No, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't said anything to me well then, that, should, that, that is also him responding to you. When he doesn't say anything to you, that's a response. That means no. Right. Yeah, no response is a response. So go back to what God has told you. God has told me many things to do. If we want to see a revival, we have to repent. And if we're asking God to make avenues for us to go into a deeper place with him, and he makes a way where he's like, this is what you can do, then we have to do it. That's why the churches that we go to, we don't see the power of God move. His presence is not there. Now, you can usher the presence of God through worship. He inhabits the praise of his people. But whoever is leading the congregation is in disobedience. I can definitely let you know he'll... He's he's out of there. His presence is not there. Um Does anyone have any questions or anything they would like to to ask me? Yeah, I got a question. Yes.
1: So if grace is unmerited favor, yes. then is that is that the same favor you get from obedience or is that different?
0: It's different. That's a very great question. So the unmerited favor you're talking about is grace. Now grace by faith you're saved. That grace is for your salvation. But actually having obtaining favor with the Lord, that you're pleasing in His sight, He's well pleased with you. That's obedience. There's a difference from getting saved, and anointing. You know how you get anointing? You obey. <laughs> you do what you you do what He's asked you to do and then you further grow in your anointing. Like, um, we look at these people that we look up to, right? Like, that are the generals of faith, like Catherine Kuhlman and, you know, Smith Wigglesworth and A. A. Allen and R. W. Schambach, you know, Benny Hinn or um, whoever else you look to, you know, William J. Seymour, all these people, have sacrificed their life to obeying the Lord big time they can't even do things that we think are like what that's not a that big deal they don't, watch, like, TV. they don't watch tv they don't watch i don't watch the news um don't i don't even like watching netflix i mean it's too there's too many hinted agendas uh, the only thing i do watch and i'll, I'll say it, is youtube youtube is like my thing but even then i gotta watch what comes onto my stream right or what what the um, what is it called when it, when you uh, watch one video and it leads to another video the algorithm right the algorithm will change and the thing is is that we constantly have to go from glory to glory faith to faith and that only gets you only progress in that not because you want to move to another place that has more glory no it's because you obey God's sacrifice and now you're moving to a different level with God and i want to make that clear because a lot of people just be throwing scripture out of context and they're wrong. They're wrong. Sorry. Because I could just say, oh, I'm going, I'm moving from faith to faith, glory to glory. Well, I'm just moving to believe that God's going to do this even though I'm disobedient. Or I'm going to move to this church because I don't like what this church is doing. Do you understand? Probably about, yeah, 95% of what I do is what I don't want to do. At all. At Oh. I just do what God told me to do. But the thing is, I'm rewarded and I'm blessed and I have favor with God. That's what God told me today. He said, Christian, you have favor in my sight. I said, why? Doesn't all your children have favor in your sight? He's like, no, because you obey me. <laughs> <It's> like, <wow. laughs> so that's the thing. But that why I'm sharing this with you guys is not to be like, hey, look at me. No, look at yourself because you can have that same favor. You can have that same anointing. You can have that same call. You can have that. We all have different calls and purposes, but the thing is what I'm trying to tell you is that you obey God with what God has told you to do. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Just do what he's asked you to do and you'll see the grace of God move upon your life. There's too many people that I know right now that they're just disobedient. That's why they have so much drama in their life. That's why they have so much turmoil and chaos. They're like, why does this happen to me? And I'm like, because you're disobedient? Because God's told you to go to church and you still haven't went. God's told you to read your word and you still haven't. God's told you to go to the secret place and you still haven't. Right? God told you to be a missionary but you're a fry cook over here. Well, what do you expect? You're living in a life of disobedience. Well, God told you to forgive. God told you to forgive. Mhm. God told you not to get Yeah. So let's do this. If there's no one on, is there anyone on Instagram that has any... Any questions or anything before we jump into prayer? <clears throat> okay, so with that being said, let's close our eyes. Let's everyone close our eyes. And we're going we're gonna to come before our Father. And if we disobeyed, and if we messed up, we're just going to repent. Mm-hmm. And just make it public, right? Because th- this is what the thing is. When we make it public... There's healing, right? It says that in James chapter 5. It says if you confess, if you confess your sins with your brothers, there'll be forgiveness. There'll be healing. And you're, and you're like, Christian, where does that say in the Bible? Okay, James chapter 5. So keep, keep your eyes closed. And I'm not saying if you, do, if you feel like you can't share with anybody, okay, well, that, that's fine. But this is a public declaration saying, God, I want to obey you. I want to go further with you. I'm tired of doing it my way. I'm so tired of trying to fight for my independence when any life that's worth living is in Christ, and there's no other life besides being with Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're bringing your people to repentance, Father, even including myself. I thank you, Lord, that you are establishing these people, that are here right now, Lord God, I thank you that you're causing a a new thing in us, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that we are confessing. It says right here in James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Do you see that? It says confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Father, I'm sorry if I've done anything outside of your will, Lord God. Lord God, forgive me, Lord God, if I have not preached what you want me to preach. If, I have, if my actions, Lord God, are not Christ-like, Lord God, when I'm here on the pulpit or when I'm outside of the pulpit, Lord God, help my life to look like yours, Lord God. Forgive me of any iniquity, transgressions, or sin that I committed against you. Forgive me, Lord God, if I was drinking. Forgive me if I was partying. Forgive me if I was lusting or being greedful and pride. And I just want you to say this in front of everybody. Because you know what? There's healing in it. Because if we're confessing our trespasses to one another and we're praying for one another, we can be healed physically and spiritually. I thank you, Lord God, if I had any forgiveness, unforgiveness in my heart, Lord God, that you're healing it now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, that I'm confessing right now, Lord God, that if I have complained and if I've griped And I've complained about where I'm at, Lord God. Forgive me in Jesus' name. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that you're causing and restoring your bride back to the original foundation that you called it to be, Lord God. A bride that is spotless, blameless and above reproach in your sight. I thank you, Lord God, as we are coming to repentance, that your goodness is leading us to repentance. It's not because you're trying to throw lightning bolts at us. It's because you're trying to bring us into an intimate place with you, where you would speak to us face to face like you did with Moses, Lord God, just as a friend. So, Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that we are, 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 are coming in unity of faith, Lord God. Now, this, now just this, this ask the Lord, confess it right now, Shondra baba ke yere shaki. I'll say it loud so no one can hear Shondra baba Dandra de shakere. Don't dra baba ku yere de bandasho dro boku. Mondro boku yere shaki and abaku shaki amane. If I let any pride get in the way of me, Lord God, I repent of that now in Jesus' name. Shondra babaku, a pride that I wanted to do it my way, not your way. Shondra babaku, questioning and trying to reason why you want me to do it this way or why you want it that way. Shondra babaku, Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that you're delivering us, Lord God. It says wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and there's freedom that we renounce the sin that we have not repented of. But we're coming now as a public spectacle, as the body of Christ, as a public confession that we are done living our way. We are tired of what we've experienced at our churches, or where we experience our, our love walk with you, Lord God, or experience any type of spiritual intimacy with you, Lord. Lord God, we want to crucify anything that's holding us back from you. We don't want to be 95%, Lord. I don't want to be 95%. I want to be 100% in Lord God, so that you would extract in every root, every bitter root that's trying to cause poison in the in your people, in me, Lord God. I ask you to uproot it now in Jesus' name. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you that you're making all things new and restoring all things. Lord God, we renounce any type of curses, any type of word curse that we spoke against us. Lord God, against us saying that we're not good, oh, I'm sick and tired, oh, I can't stand this, I wish I would die, I wish I could do this. No, we break that now through the blood of Jesus Christ right now, that it will not prevail, it will not come to pass, Lord God. Any unknown or known uh, uh, words that we've spoken against our future, our destiny, we want your plans. We want what you desire, Lord God. We want your heart, Lord God. We want to see your glory, Lord. So, Lord God, take us deeper. And Lord God, we just—I pray for everyone that is uh, listening either here now or on Zoom, on Instagram, or in the future, Lord God, that they would have a place and a desire to repent and stop disobeying you, but repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is on his way, and you do not want to be left behind, Lord God. So I thank you, Father, for them. I thank you that you didn't smite your people, but you showed mercy upon them because you're slow to anger. You're full of compassion, Lord and we thank you for it. We give the glory, honor, and power, and praise. And Holy Spirit, convict our hearts if we are disobeying you and your laws and your precepts and what you commanded us to do. Lord God, help us to turn from our wicked ways, this perverse generation that we live in, and that we would live holy and righteous and be a Jesus generation to win the bodies and souls that are lost in the kingdom of darkness and that they would be retrieved from the kingdom of darkness and transitioned to the kingdom of light with the Father of lights. I thank you Father that you delivered us from the powers of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his Son and his love. I thank you Jesus that you disarmed all power and principalities as a public spectacle because you have triumphed over them because of the cross and we thank you Jesus that you've given us the opportunity to repent and confess our sins. Because you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We thank you that we can come holy, blameless, and above reproach in your sight. That we can enter into the holy of holies. Because Jesus, you paid the penalty of our death, of our sin, of our regret, of our shame, of our condemnation, of our past. So we thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Give Jesus a round of applause. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Anything else? Anything else? You can feel the presence of God here. You can definitely feel it because we repented. We turned away. We want to we live right. Anybody else? Any, anybody need prayer for anything? Healing? Prosperity? Thank you, Lord. Well, if not, um, love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you, and we'll see you again.